Who or what do you trust in? Think about that for just a moment. Who do you really trust? Trust means to have full reliance on the strength, the integrity, or the ability of someone or something. Hi, I'm Janae. I'm a wife, a mom, a Jesus lover, and a gal who's been through a lot of changes, both personally and professionally. And that's why on this season of Women of Excellence, we are walking through my book, Diary of an Unbroken Heart, Simple Keys to Complex Change. And if you are just joining us, last session, we talked about the manifesting mind and how we truly are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, today, we're going to take that one step further as we talk about the word trust. Being a woman is tough. Women of Excellence with Janae Hill encourages, equips, and empowers women with real solutions to real issues. From business to family, to health and relationships, work-life balance. If women face it, we address it with heart, humor, and a hands-on approach. Women of Excellence, where laughter meets tough love as we do life together. Who or what do you trust? That's the question that I asked at the beginning of this session. But now I'm going to put a caveat to it. Who or what do you trust completely, absolutely 100%? For instance, right now I have a little bit of a cold. You can probably hear it in my voice. And I'm trusting cold medicine to make me feel better. But do I trust it 100% completely? No. Um, As a small business owner and an entrepreneur, there have been times in the past that I really felt like the only one I could trust to make things happen was myself. And that has nothing to do with the people working with me and around me, but rather as an entrepreneur and a small business owner and a ministry leader, I have found that no one will be as passionate and as um, steadfast about my projects as I am. And so that's why at the end of the day, many times I've had to trust myself to make things happen. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you've, incur- you've heard me encourage you to dream bigger because if your dreams can be accomplished by yourself, they're not big enough. And I've got big dreams. And so that's another reason that I don't believe in myself 100% completely that I can trust myself to make everything that I'm dreaming about happen because I've got really big dreams. But I want you to think for a minute, who or what do you trust in? A hundred percent completely. I am married to a great guy. His name is Randy. We've been married almost eight years and I trust him. But would I say that I trust him a hundred percent completely? No, I wouldn't. And the reason is nothing to do with him, but I have been hurt by other people in the past. And so that just trickles over to him. 
um, as I'm bringing some of that baggage from past relationships. So as you're thinking about who you trust 100% completely, who comes to mind? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend. I will say that I have two friends that I trust 100% completely, but at the same time, I may trust them 100% completely, but I also don't have to rely on them very much. So there's not an opportunity for failure there. Today's topic is going to be a little bit tougher as we talk about trust, because I'm going to encourage us to trust in the only one that will not let us down. And for me, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as I am talking today, um, there was a 16-year-old in our community killed two days ago in a car wreck. And there may be some of you who, when tragedy happens, you may wonder, how can we trust a God who would allow that to happen. Notice I said allow and not that God makes these things happen. So I certainly believe that God is sovereign. And what that means is I believe he's control in control of all things. So he could have stopped her from passing away, but instead he allowed it to happen. And there are many reasons that the Lord allows things to happen, I believe. If I look back to awful times in my life, for instance, my first marriage, losing a child, those are both things that happened to me. Being sexually abused as a kid, that happened to me too. If I look at those things based on what I can see, it might be really difficult for me to trust that there's a God who loves me. However, I have seen the way the Lord uses all things, even the tough things, especially the tough things, to somehow work together for his good. For example, my sexual abuse as a kid That was so painful for many, many years. It was a secret that I kept that ate at me. It ruined my relationship with many people that I cared about because I wasn't being 100% truthful and authentic. I was covering the secret of sexual abuse. And when all of that came out, I finally was able to begin to heal. But as I continued to talk about it and eventually talk about it in a public form, I found that I wasn't the only one who had been sexually abused as a a kid. In fact, there were many people that, as I have shared, have come to me and have said, you know what, Janae, thank you for sharing. I was sexually abused too, and I've never had the courage to talk about it because I was worried about shame and condemnation. And so I see in that very small example of how the Lord has used my sharing, my tough time as a kid to help others. Um, And so I would just say that even in tragedy, 
the Lord will triumph, even those are hard, hard times. And I'm not negating any of the feelings that go along with tough times. But I just want to say that I know from personal experience that sometimes those tough times can make us question God. And this is where I'm going to encourage you to lean in my first step into trusting God, and that is to read his word. I have a friend, Rebecca Carroll. She's a radio host, and she also has a women's conference, um, Heart Strong Faith. It's a great conference if you're looking for good Christian women's conferences. But she talks about how you cannot trust a God that you don't know. And you cannot know God if you do not read his word. Now, I am not saying that you have to be a Bible scholar at all. I am not. But I am saying that when we read God's word, we are then able to begin to understand God's character. I believe the Bible is true. I believe that the Bible is also the Lord's word, the way he speaks to us. And so if you are not familiar with reading God's word, start with a Proverbs a day. Proverbs is a book in the Bible. It has 31 chapters. There are always 31. um, There's always going to be a chapter for whatever day you're on. So for instance, if today is the 28th, I could read Proverbs 28. Super easy to stay on track. And it's also very short. They're short reads and they're very practical. But get into reading God's word. Now, I know people who spend hours reading God's word. That is not me. Um, In the spirit of transparency, I really spend probably five to 10 minutes a day, not very long at all. And then I journal, what did I feel like the Lord is speaking to me on that day? So the first step, read God's word. And by the way, if you don't own a Bible and you're not in a place to buy one right now, you can go to Google on your phone and you can Google scriptures about whatever you're struggling with, anxiety, fear, relationship issues. But if you want an actual Bible, you can email me, info at JanaeHill.com, and I'll send you one through my nonprofit, H3 Ministries. So there is truly, if there's a will, there's a way, and I'm going to help you make it happen if reading God's word is your what you want to be doing. So if the first step is reading God's word, what's the second step? Prayer. You may think that reading God's word is the same as prayer, or you may not understand prayer at all. Think about prayer as talking to a friend. For example, you don't have to be eloquent when you speak to God. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, hey, dude, I need help today. But really talking to God as if God is here because he is. I would suggest that. You don't worry about what you're praying or how you're praying, but rather just that you are praying. You're having a conversation with God. And so get into his word and then pray. Talk to God as if you talk to a friend, which leads me to my third point. 
if you are trying to trust in God and find his will for your life, after you have sought his word about whatever you're debating, you have then prayed about it, then seek godly counsel. Godly counsel is not the same as good counsel. There have been times in my life when I have had good counsel. For example, years ago, I was debating whether or not to do something. It was actually drinking. And I asked a friend, what do you think? Drinking, not drinking, does it matter? And this particular friend said, if you can control it, um, if you're not hiding it, if you're not turning to it when things are tough, then I don't think it's a problem. That was good counsel, but it wasn't godly counsel because God's word talks about being a stumbling block for others. Years ago, I knew that the Lord had given me a heart for women and a heart for women's ministry. And with women's ministry, a lot of times you're dealing in brokenness and messiness. I know because I've been there. There are days that I am still there. And drinking for me might cause someone else to stumble. And so that second counsel that I got, I believe was godly counsel, not because she told me to do it or not to do it, but she led me back to some scriptures in God's word that I hadn't even thought about. So you see why it's important to know God's word and then to pray about what it means for you and then to seek godly counsel after you've done that, just as confirmation. There were times in my past that the first thing I would do when I had an idea was go to a friend. And I don't do that anymore. Or I used to go to a friend when something bad happened. Just the other day, I was home by myself and I got some pretty disturbing news. And I was ready to call my friends and text them and say, pray for me. But by the grace of God, I stopped myself and I opened God's word. And within about 20 minutes of just pouring into scriptures related to that situation, I found myself having comfort. I also turned on worship music. I prayed and just asked the Lord how to handle this tough situation. And then I did seek godly counsel. The fourth key for learning how to trust in God to help direct your steps is to listen to the not so still, but sometimes very small voice inside of you. In my first marriage, I had a very uneasy feeling about this marriage. The morning of my wedding, I actually thought I was going to throw up. And someone said, maybe it's just wedding jitters. Okay, that was good counsel, not God counsel. The fact was, I didn't have a piece about it, but I didn't know why. And so I just went forward with the wedding. And as a result of moving forward, I went through a lot of heartache that had I listened to that lack of peace and pressed pause, I could have avoided a lot of heartache. But oftentimes we second guess ourselves when we feel a lack of peace about something. And it may not be a big lack of peace. It may just be a little twinge of, 
this doesn't feel right. 1% lack of peace is a 100% reason to not do something. Let me say that again. 1% lack of peace is 100% of a reason to not do something. I have never, never regretted pausing and praying on something. There are many times that I have regretted not pausing and plunging forward. And so stop, pause and pray if you have that lack of peace. And for me, I ask the Lord to just either open the door and let it go away or to show me where that lack of peace is coming from. Now, as you hear me discussing, talking to God, some of you may think that I'm hearing God in an audible voice, and I don't. Um, I hear God through what I believe is the Holy Spirit. So God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. I believe he rose again in three days, and he has ascended back to the throne with God. But we have, if we've accepted Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit gives us that peace or that lack of peace if we will just listen. As a little girl, I remember my dad telling me to FYO, focus on God's word and on his will, and then be yielded to it because God's will and his ways are not our ways. And so it's really important that we are focused on, God, what is your will for me? Then be open to that. Be yielded to it. And the O is obey it. I have a six-year-old son. And this little, my six-year-old son was debating a, a decision, whether or not to be the ring bearer in someone's wedding. He doesn't really know the person who asked him. And so his automatic response was, no, I am not doing that. And I encouraged him to pray about it. And he said, well, mom, how is God going to talk to me? And I said, I have found that when I go to God's word, I see what his word says about it. Then I pray about it. Then I seek godly counsel. Then I try to discern, do I have peace? And so the Lord is going to let you have peace in your heart when you make the decision that aligns with him. So my little six-year-old boy went from, no, I'm not doing it, to, yes, I'm going to be the ring bearer. Trusting in God, it is hard. It is super hard for many of us, but particularly if you have been through a lot of heartache, or maybe you've been around some people who said they knew the Lord, but you didn't see any fruit or evidence of that. You may be confusing who God is based on what you've seen people who, quote unquote, said they knew the Lord do. I would encourage you to not do that. God is a good God. He's a gracious God. And I have seen that when we get to know him, we truly can trust him. His ways are not our ways, but they are Always, always the best ways. 
I say that not because I've just had this great life. I've shared with you many heartaches that I've been through, many disappointments that I've had. And yet I still trust in the Lord with all my heart. I want to close with a scripture. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but I need a straight path. I come to many forks in the road, many potential distractions and detours, and I need a straight path. And that's why I read his word. I pray, I seek godly counsel, and then I look for peace. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a gentleman listening, if you've been blessed today, if you are growing in the Lord, I would love for you to share this with a friend. Um, I realize that as we have been developing and progressing through my book, it's been getting a little bit deeper in terms of the Lord and what we're talking about in terms of him. And my hope is that you are starting to see evidence that there is a good God. He loves you. He knows all of your mistakes, all of your faults, and he loves you anyway. But the choice is yours. Will you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior? If you have questions, I would love to hear from you. Info at JanaeHill.com. I am not a biblical scholar, like I said earlier, but I am a girl who loves Jesus and has experienced firsthand the miracles and wonders that he still does today. And you can experience it too. All you have to do is believe. If you like what you're hearing, please share this with a friend and follow me at Real Janae Hill on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.